I believe we are all hardwired to be creative. And the thing that makes us uniquely human is our creativity. Welcome to The Spark with Coco the Inspirationist. Join me for conversations with inspiring humans tapped into their creativity and solo chats as I get to know my own. Whether you're looking to spark inspiration, reconnect with your inner creative, or you're just starting to get to know your creative self, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Spark. Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 10. I'm Coco the Inspirationist, and if you're new here, I'm so happy you're taking the time to nourish your creative self. I hope that this episode can be just, you know, the the tall glass of water that you need to nurture that inner creative. Uh, I live in the woods of Maine in the Lakes region, so we've finally reached the time where we can have windows open, and I cannot tell you how excited I am. Can you hear that? Just so much birdsong. We just moved here a year ago. We just had the one-year anniversary, and in the middle of a global pandemic, when the world was shutting down and uh, going inside and staying home, we were so, so lucky to have a circumstance that we found out that, um, just for all of you new here, my husband's in the Coast Guard, and this is his last stop before retirement and before, way before the pandemic, months and months and months, we decided that we were going to put Portland, Maine on the top of our list. We were living in Philly, and our four-year stay there got cut short because he got promoted, and so two years in, we moved to Portland, and or f- 50 minutes outside of Portland, and the alignment was crazy. We found this house, and we got super lucky that we found a, a new construction on eight acres surrounded by tons of wooded acres, no neighbors that we can see, and we committed to this before the pandemic, like right before in February, we signed the purchase and sales. And then the world proceeded to shut down. And we closed at the end of April, just crossing our fingers, hoping that the economy didn't just dive off a cliff. And in May, packed up our whole house ourselves, because at that time, the virus felt so scary that the thought of having movers touch all our stuff was just too much to bear and the military wasn't really moving forward with anything at that moment in time so we packed up our whole house i did the majority of the packing we packed up a 20 i don't know eight foot truck and drove it eight hours north and unloaded an entire three-bedroom house by ourselves with two kids running around and It was such a gift to our future selves because we got to move to space and green and woods and we got to make this house that was just like freshly done and ready for a family. We got to just put our stuff in 
and just up level in every way possible and move away from the busyness of a city and move to a place that's going to nourish our hearts. It was such a gift, such a blessing in disguise. And now we're here and it's a year in and now things are starting to come alive. You know, the pandemic's becoming under control. I just got vaccinated completely the other day and I feel this sense of joy and rebirth and stepping out and this area is coming to life because last year we didn't see any tourists whatsoever and it just it feels so good so I hope you can feel that love and warmth and openness as I'm sending it your way. I'm Coco the Inspirationist. I am a multi-passionate, wildly creative woman. I'm looking to shine my light as bright as possible, which feels like a relatively new thing for me. And I want to bring you on that journey. I believe everybody has an inner creative. And when we tend to our creative self, when we nourish it and feed it and say yes to it and water it, when we give our creative self our energy, it creates this foundation and this sparkle and this magic in your life that transmits over everything. And I just want to be here to encourage you to keep turning towards your creative self. Keep leaning on your creative self. Are you going through a challenging time? Try leaning into something that feels good creatively try and find flow are you looking to level up your your joy thermostat try leaning into a creative endeavor it's it's truly magical the the expansiveness that comes when you find something that you can pour into your creative self so for instance my husband went through a pretty tough couple years with his depression like he was just kind of under this blanket and couldn't get himself out and finally coupled with therapy he stopped drinking alcohol for like almost three months he started working out and he also started film photography I do believe that having him pay more attention to his physical body and stop drinking alcohol that obviously helps but the layer of curiosity and joy that is infused in learning a craft that you're very interested in using a creative eye and looking for a shot and it is so exciting to watch him learn this craft and print out his work and see that joy in his face and I know in everything that I am that that has helped him move forward that has allowed him to say yes to other ideas it's allowed him to see himself as a creative and speak in creative ways more he works in the military he's been in for for a 17 years and he is process oriented and I think the addition of this creative outlet for him is so nourishing 
so nourishing. I frankly, I think I'm rubbing off on him. And the only thing I can say to that is finally. And it feels so amazing that it's aligning with when I'm really stepping fully into my creative self and talking about it and leaning in and taking on challenges by doing a creative task or putting work out there in such a big way. It's it's all because I'm trusting my inner creative to be there with me. And I hope that this podcast is that for you. On Monday's conversations I have with people that inspire me, it's eye-opening to see, to have other people put words around this creativity world, right? You can see it through so many lenses and every season is going to be through a different lens. So this first season is creativity and surrendering. And I haven't announced next season's theme yet, but I'm percolating on it and I have a really good feeling of what it's going to be. And that that right there, that trusting that I don't have to have everything all planned out, but as I walk towards it and as I collect the people into the season that I want to have conversations with and as I look at who is coming to this table I've built, what is a theme that we can all have an insight into? And then Thursday episodes, Solos with Coco, are these inside chats, these thoughts that I'm having and I'm working through. And I hope you're finding it valuable to hear me process out loud all these things that we're walking through. Um, You know, social media is an interesting place. Like I'm trying to use it as authentically as possible. And yet the designer, curator creative in me is really focused on it looking good and I want to make sure that there's substance there too so I'm so happy you're here with me to have these conversations to be witness to this evolution and my goal my ultimate mission is to encourage you to do the same because I truly believe that when you lean into your creative self and you tend to the soil and you feed it the good food and you water it and hydrate it and give it the energy and the light that so much magic happens from it everything else gets more vibrant everything else gets more inspired so I'm so happy you're here and obviously I could talk on this all day long but today's episode I'm so excited to introduce you to Shailen Cataldo her and I are from the same town actually and We were connected by a mutual friend that told me that I should probably head over to her Instagram and see what she's talking about because she had a feeling I was going to connect with her content. And thank you, Danielle, if you're listening. It has been such a gift and I can't wait to see you in person and hug you and say thank you because frankly, you you just through the kindness of you handed me a soul sister, which is like I can't uh, overemphasize that enough. Shailen has become a really dear person in my life. And it's so crazy what this pandemic has done in the way of opening people's hearts and opening communication and connection because I've never been in physical contact in the same physical place as so many of my new friends and yet... I get to feel this deep-rooted connection and sisterhood, and it's incredible. 
reach out to me in the DMs if you don't have that in your life because I am happy to be that for you and connect you with others and it feels so good and I do know in my heart that when I go to South Africa to see Hannah and get my arms around her for the first time or see Carter in North Carolina or go and finally see Shaylin and Alicia in Massachusetts, that will be incredible. But for now, I have these robust relationships with these women, all because I've started really shining my light. Shaylin is a creative midwife, a homeschool mama, a journey dance guide, and a remothering mentor. Wow, that is so beautiful. With a master's degree in holistic counseling and a specialization in the expressive and creative arts, Shaylin helps women heal from the cultural conditioning of the three Ps, perfectionism, pleasing, and pretending, so they can reclaim their full self-expression. She is devoted to empowering creatives, leaders, healers, mothers, change makers to heal the mother wounds so they can share their voices, their gifts, and their magic with the world. She offers one-on-one mentorships and online group programs. I will be putting all her information in the show notes. I'm so pleased to introduce you to my friend, Shaylin. Like you're one of those people and you might get this a lot just because you're so vulnerable and open that I feel like I know you better than I might know you. You know, I can remember you from when I was growing up. Like I have a point in my brain, a reference point, even though I didn't know you then. Anyways, from the moment that you jumped on, I was just like, I wonder what's going on. And um, anyways, so yeah, we can speak to, I mean, you're yeah. so, you're so right about creating in darkness as well as like, yeah, if we waited until we felt awesome to create, nothing would ever get done. Yeah. And, and in fact, the thing, the containers that I create for women are born from pain. It's from the understanding. It's from the willingness to turn towards pain and have those vulnerable conversations, which if we want to live a creative life, we don't get to say yes to those feelings and no to those feelings. We don't get to say vulnerability is okay here, but it's not okay here. It's a whole cake, the Buddha. Like if you choose a creative life, creating is living in vulnerability and mothering that every second, which I just created a program that is incredibly vulnerable. I put it out to the world. I said, do you like what I made? Is it good? Do you like it? Oh, oh, it's awesome. I love your work. I love your, but I'm not buying it. Right. Is that good? And how do we stay the course? How do we still believe in what we're creating if the world isn't? And mm-hmm. isn't that the true like healing of like, if I can still know and hold my own worthiness, even if, and not make that story about me, because it might just be about lack of readiness. It might be a lack of marketing. It might be timing. It might be um, the fact that women have been inundated with messages on self-deprivation. So my one message isn't going to cut through that. Yeah. That's not me. Um, It could be that I should be, I wish I were selling like sex or like, I wish I were selling something else, but I'm selling like something that women don't want to buy. They'd rather buy the minivan, the curtains, the interior design, the Botox. Oh my gosh. They'd rather get divorced and get like, they literally 
would rather their kids sit in therapy years later than do the work now because that's what happened. Like, is this part of your, is, is this part of your message? Because I have full body chills and like, like, I, I love, I love all the stuff you put out. It's all really like thought provoking and resonant, but like when yeah. you, when you just got like a little bit frustrated, it felt like, uh, it felt, I really felt it. So I just wanted to well, Let thank you, know. because I actually think it's from that energy that I get because women, that is a space I dance on how, well, especially being, having been raised a good girl that like anger is bad, but it is the ways with which I channel this righteous rage for, right? And I, I don't even know what I just said because I was so in it. Like, yeah. I don't even know what I just said to you. Like, not that I, it isn't what I believe, but I was just so in the moment of, um, oh, that women would rather, they don't want Right. Yeah. They don't. Well, because what I, especially if you've been under mothered, right. Mm -hmm. Which is every woman, right. Yeah. Because our mothers were under mothered. If you've been under mothered and I'm saying it's time for you to be your mother, it's like, no, I want somebody else to do it. I want somebody else to protect me. I'm going to go to my partner and I'm going to ask him to mind read and know my needs. Right. He should. I mean, that's what we get taught. And when he doesn't, then I'm going to pick the huge fight. Then I'm going to sit in the shame spell. I'm literally going to recreate the pattern of my childhood. Right. Over and over and over again. Or I'm going to come back to the mother wound, which is the source, not our mothers, but. Right. It's Oracle. Right. So, but who wants to do that when you can get Botox? Who wants right. to do that when you can buy the program from the woman selling sex and then come to me and be like, I say yes to having sex with my husband and I really don't want to when it hurts, but I'm in her program and she's all about saying yes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. No, like we need, no. You, when you say yes to having sex and you don't want to, it is essentially a rape of oneself. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. That's why it feels so awful. Right. So, so if you are in a program with a woman who's not helping you create safe, but that's what happens. Mm-hmm. I'll get the stragglers from these. I was in this goddess program or right. Yeah. Or, <clears throat> women. I want to write that book, but oh, I can't get my mom's voice out of my head. Right. She's like, nobody's going to buy it, right? Or you can't say that or whatever the thing is. Right. Or like, who do you think you are? Joy. It's a luxury, right? Like all of these ancestral voices, right? Yeah. So yeah, my message is about healing for, for ourselves and for our children and for our mothers and for the collective. Because a world of what, I mean, the world has been designed by men. Yeah. Stop. Unless we stop, right? And step into our creative power. We cannot birth a new, we cannot birth the systems designed to to honor us. If you want to live a brave and vulnerable life, you need to find a woman who's living a brave and vulnerable life. Nobody else can cross you through that threshold, which is to grow up because to dare greatly, to be in the arena, to live with your heart wide open, to be the sacred vessel to receive the divine inspiration, right? Like that's not going to happen. And so few women have actually ever done that work. So there's, I mean, International Women's Day also get, for me feeds that like boss babe, which I'm like, why are you infantilizing us? Like, I agreed. Never, yeah, yeah. Like, or girl boss. I would never be like to my husband, like, you're such a boy boss. Like, <laughs> would you like, it's, it's appalling. I agree. His name is Paul. So, oh, <laughs> right. Like, so it's so sometimes it's 
women empowering women, but I, I feel like um, when there's still a collective sister wound, I talked about this on a podcast yesterday, how women, so many women want intimacy with women, but they do not trust them. Yes. Like, so um, I, I mean, I, I just think that there's so many of us sleeping on so much power that we're not, it's just, it's all right there. Like it's all right there. If women all rose up, these men, I don't know. I just, I'm so tired of us sleeping on all of our gifts. Just so tired. I'm that's your platform. (laughs) I'm well, it's funny. That's what I shared yesterday. Like it's hard to be awake in a world that prefers it's women sleeping. It really is. Yes. Um, and sometimes I just want to shake women and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is the moment Well, I have to talk to my husband, if I can spend that money. And I'm like, I'm a hundred percent confident when you just rolled through the lines at target, you didn't call your husband to be like, babe, can I get these extra pillows? Cause you know, he would have said no, he would have right. been like, dude, I hate throw pillows. Like they're unnecessary. Right. Right. Not, I've never met a man that's like, let's get more throw pillows. <laughs> um, but we don't, dude, I don't hear women calling like, can I buy my son those skates? Like, do you think? It's okay if I buy our son these, it's like super expensive, right? We don't yeah. ask permission for those things, but if it's about our own care, we're like, I have to ask my husband if it's okay. Yes. Like I tell women, I'm like, tell your husband when you're relaxed, you want to have more sex. So is that, would he be into that? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. Right? I, I absolutely, I have a lot of that programming that like money mindset programming stuff that I'm trying to work through, but it's all worthiness. It's all about worthiness. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all about worthiness. Go ahead and tell us who you are, what you love to do, and maybe something that inspires you. Yeah, I'm Shaylin Cataldo. I am a remothering mentor, coach, and guide, um, a journey dance guide, which is a form of expressive dance. Um, my background is in counseling and the expressive and creative arts for healing. And I weave those together now to work individually and in groups with women who want to live in the fullest expression of who they are, which is to own our magic and our gifts and our medicine that we have for the world. Um, what inspires me? Um, well, right now it's the sunlight on my face. Um, What inspires me is when I see a woman living in vulnerability. It is like, um, I mean, I have full body goosebumps. It is the fuel that gets me up in the morning. Like it is, it is a force and a nourishment. Like I've never known when I see somebody, not just a woman, but I I tend to work with women, um, somebody living bravely, right. Mm -hmm. Showing up. Um, in a brave and vulnerable way that inspires me. Um, and that keeps me going. I do want to say one thing I've been thinking recently, and I'm sure it's because you've kind of come into my orbit more than ever before. Um, that I, I tend to have these thoughts of like, what would I, who were the women that lived fearlessly and authentically in, as I was getting growing up and I kind of, I start to like kind of feel those feelings and then be like, how were they received inside my home? 
like how were their energies kind of perceived through my mom's eyes and, um, and gosh, what would it look like for me had I had women that I am now currently surrounding myself with, um, in my life at such a young age. And then it makes me immediately grateful for all the, the girls right now that do, you know, that have all these people, these women in their lives that are just showing them how to just fully shine. That's it's the dimming. It's the, it's the consistent asking to be, to dim your light that I just, I feel like I constantly did and I'm done doing, and I'm choosing to do that through expressing myself through creativity. And it feels incredible. Mm. Yeah. And when you say that, and I, and I reflect back on my childhood, I can't say that I knew women who were daring greatly. I can't say that I knew women who were expressing authentically. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't say that I knew women who loved themselves. Same. How how do we, as young women, then now when we're questioning, we hear a lot about self-love, like how do we know what self-love in practice looks like when, when our brains are void of those reference points and models? Yes. Right. It's, it becomes this mystical substance, like self-love. What is that thing? Right. Right. I don't have it, but, and why don't I have it? And then it becomes the question of, I always get, we're in a world saturated with messages, love yourself, do this, right? But why did we ever stop? Because we weren't born not loving ourselves, Mm -hmm. but we stopped. And that wound you speak of, this attenuation, the tendency to dim one's light uh, that so many women speak of is one of the core um, qualities of this cultural mother wound, which is the way women, um, in a patriarchal culture, have learned um, that pain of growing up female that gets passed. Because there was a time in our history that a woman speaking loudly would cost her her life. Right. So at a visceral level, mm. at a cellular level, our mothers are carrying the lessons that their mothers and their mothers and their mothers taught them based on a world that was different. Now, I don't current circumstances where we live, when I share the truth of my voice, I'm not at risk. Right. I don't feel at risk. Um, that's not true for women in other parts of the world right now. Um, but that fear that we feel and the tendency to take up less space, to swallow our voice and to whisper and to not have needs. And to accommodate, yeah. And to anticipate your needs without ever acknowledging my own and then getting ticked off that you don't know my needs because mm. I've been working so hard doing it my whole life. Like, what do you need? Who do you need me to be? And then creating a persona, right? So how much, because I love what you share about creativity and how we are all wildly creative, but as women, we use so much of our creative power to create a false image of who we are. Mm -hmm. Women are wildly creative. Look at how many of us have put on these perfect masks that make it look like we have it all together. We have these perfect lives. We put our little squares up on Instagram. We put our our beautiful family pictures that are curated, right? That don't show the screaming that happened right. in the moments before, right? Right. Um, so we put up all of our accomplishments and our highlight reel, and that takes a lot of effort. But what I very rarely see in the mainstream is is that that energy being redistributed, like rechanneled? Mm. Because if you are wildly creative, I, I created the perfect image of what a happy life looked like. 
And that started, you know what's wild? I sent you a picture for my bio and it was um, me with all the collage images, which is one of my favorite art mediums. I think because it doesn't require a skill set, right? So it's like, I was raised by math teachers. So when it comes to creativity, it's like there's right or wrong, right? You, you can get to one answer and art isn't like that. There's no right or wrong, right? There's, sure. there's so many different shades. And I also and- think it might have something to do with your more um, like your creative output might be more towards a curator where you gather like you you curate women into your life you curate I feel like collage is curating it's like taking Mm. things that already existed and pulling them together and making them sense yeah sense of it yeah and the word remember is to stitch back together which is Mm. essentially what happens with women the healing is the remembrance of our power the remembrance of our creativity the remembrance of who we are before we were told to be good right um and so that collage is like stitching back all of those pieces into and creating a whole um and I remember making my first collage when I was like nine with my little brother with JC Penney catalogs <laughs> and we created on poster board our perfect life and it had like the dad like the handsome dad grilling and the mom all like in her like cable knit sweater all like preppy and like perfect because we had just moved to North Kingstown and it was um, fashion was different than where we had come from. And I was like, Ooh, I need my penny loafers and I need my right to fit in. Right. I don't fit in here. Um, so we, we created and each room, we designed each room of the house and what essentially my brother and I were doing, we were creating the dream life yeah. in the absence of what we had at home. Oh yeah. Right? I, fa- I feel a little like heartbreak happening inside of me when you're describing it. Yeah. And just, so that was the first collage and essentially this part of me, this inner part of me that has gotten so much positive feedback set out to make that dream come true, right? So I'll be in the advanced classes, I'll go to college, I'll get my master's, I'll find the man, I'll have the house, we'll get the square footage, we'll get the car, we'll have the kids, go on the vacations, we'll get the pictures, like we'll do the list, right? Oh, subway tile, that's in, oh, we'll get the subway tile. Oh, this, like following those trends of what is needed, oh, I'll put my kids in all the lessons because that's what a good mom does. Sure. Um, I'll do this because that's what a good mom does, even if it wasn't in alignment with what I believe or what my children needed, but that's what a good mom does. So I have this image and that imprint from childhood with this collage of creating it and realizing that at some point I had created an entire life in a collage that I wasn't in. Hmm. Yeah. Not in the truest sense of it. I mean, I was physically there, but the wild creative woman in me, she wasn't reflected in the life I had created. Right. And that, that um, acknowledgement of like, oh my goodness. And I'm not alone either. Like I am one of the millions of women in our culture that are living this way. And yet daring to speak out against it is like, is leaving the herd, right? Right, right. right. I mean, this past summer we moved to Maine and we moved to the woods and although it was during a pandemic, so it feels like extra in the woods, you know, um, I, for the first time in my life, I've never not had anybody around like neighbors and it was, it was this level of permission to just 
be however the hell I wanted to be at all times that I had never experienced before. I mean, it was, it's incredible. Like I never, I rarely leave the house during the week unless it's like task oriented because, you know, we don't really live near anything. And that allows me to create this place to completely just delight me and to go to the woods, go outside in our yard and to go just really, I guess what it did was it just reminded me or it showed me that I have everything I need and I can just be, I don't have to try. I can just be. And I lived before we moved here, we lived in like right outside of Philly in a very dense neighborhood and just the juxtaposition of that versus this, I can just two years ago, I can remember walking outside and like, there's just like a scan of like, who's in my space and how do I need to perform, you know? And now it's like, it's rare for anybody to be around here. And I get to just be, be, and it just, it's just this permission that has allowed this creative person to just thrive. And I also wanted to take a moment to say thank you to you because you called me wildly creative recently and it changed something in me. Like it was this, you know, I'm not trying to be anything anymore. You know, I'm just, I've just really softened into my, my creative being and really started tending to my creative self. And I don't know, it was just such a gift you gave me to just acknowledge it because like I said, I'm not trying to be that way, but it is, it is kind of the goal to be wildly creative, but I'm doing it in just kind of like this backdoor way of just satisfying my own needs at all times. And I just wanted to say thank you because it's funny how like one little adverb wildly adverb uh, made me feel so seen, so seen. And I don't even think it's a backdoor. I think it's you're living with intention. Your life matches your values. You're living in the woods. You are wildly spending, like you are outside in the wild. You are reclaiming and tending to this, to this relationship with mother nature. Who's the, the largest creative force that is accessible to all of us at all times. And it is the most generative form of mother energy that is accessible to us. And what is mother energy? It's creative. It's life-giving. It's nourishing. It's, um, right. So when I say wildly creative, I think there's something really intentional for the, for the parts of us, the good girl parts of us in this rewilding, right. Glennon Doyle talks about becoming untamed. What does that mean? That's creating a life that, that is wholly our own. And your life is wholly your own in the woods. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's congruency, the inside and the Mm. outside. And yeah, like even this crazy, messy hair I have, I was thinking about it before we started and, um, I existed for so long. Like my, the way my hair actually is, is pin straight and thin and, forever. I always thought it either had to be like, it just always had to look nice, like straight or done, like, or curled. There was no like middle messy. And Mm. I just started, 
it might've came with the length. It might've came with moving to the woods. I just started caring less. And actually now this is like leftover from like a braid from like a bun from days ago. And I used to always wash my hair every single day. Like I was just like, I couldn't not. And now I'm like, wait, when was the last time I washed my hair? And then I'm just like, oh, this is good. This is great. Actually. I really like this vibe and it feels yeah. It feels effortless. Um, mm. which is just such a, such a departure from who I've been my whole life. So yeah, it's been great, but tending to my creative self, it's been just the best gift I could have given myself. Just the best. Mm. So let's talk about when I say the intersectionality between creativity and surrendering. I'd love to know what comes up for you. Um, the intersection of creativity and surrender is vulnerability. Mm. Um, because if I am going to surrender, then I'm going to be open and to live open, which means I have to open my heart. I have to open my body. I have to open my mind. I might even have to open my world to people, right? Mm -hmm. um, if I am going to surrender, then I am going to lay down. Um, I'm going to lay down the masks and the armor, right? So yeah. for me to surrender, so what the intersection to living a creative life, and we are all creative, we're all creating things, but I think creating with intention, because we create schedules, we create moods, we create vibes in our home. Like when I come when I wake up in the morning and I'm grumpy, I'm creating a mood for my kids. Yes. I might not be intending, but I am. And when we bring intentionality into it, um, we can then channel that creative energy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So for me, it's all, it's all about vulnerability, which then feels like to me, there is that intersection of vulnerability and responsibility. Like, mm -hmm. like we are responsible to tend to our vulnerability in order to allow, express, um, and share our creativity. Yeah, right. Because the opposite of that is not tending to our vulnerability, which means pushing it down and shutting it off. And that is the fastest way to shut out creativity, joy. Mm -hmm you know, all of that, it just shuts it all down. So you're right. Surrendering to creativity to vote is, is absolutely is vulnerable. Yeah. I, I find that living in a way that tends to my creative self, um, is definitely, it, it is a layer. It's, it's a layer of vulnerability that I haven't experienced before. And it is not, a, it's not a coincidence that the more I surrender to my creativity, the more I feel myself, like this is not a big coincidence that I've not only like become the best version of myself ever so far as I keep evolving and that I'm surrendering to just not being perfect, surrendering to just creating for to delight me. And, and that for me, that's what it is. It is creating whatever it is, whatever it, if it's a meal, if it's a place in my home, if it's the vibe in my home, I love that you said that because it's so true doing that for just me. I think that 
what I figured out is like, it's not just saying I'm doing things that delight me. What it's actually doing is it's me taking care of me and putting myself and my joy and my, and, and loving myself. Like that is self-love for me because, Mm -hmm. because it is taking the place of the, of the, the noise of perfectionism and all that kind of like inner critic when I'm just, when my job is to show up fully for me and delight myself, it is this like closed loop of like, I'm creating something just for me. And then I engage in it and realize I made that for me. And then it's, it's like a hug for myself. It, And I guess maybe it feels so good to me because I have some deep programming about being a martyr and about putting myself last and serving everybody first that it feels fucking revolutionary, you know, like, (laughs) well, yeah. And when you say it, like the self-love to me is the practice of turning towards myself. Yeah. It's not pedicures and massages and like all of that. be like some days me turning towards myself is because I know when I get a pedicure, somebody's going to touch my feet. And I know when somebody massages my feet with intentionality that I start crying. Like it's a very interesting. And because we have a basic human need for touch and we are touch deprived during this pandemic from, you know, out beyond other people that sometimes a pedicure is me turning towards, but it's, Again, do you hear that word though, intentionality? It's like knowing that that need for touch is an intimacy with my feet is being met. It's turning towards your needs. It's turning towards what delights you. It's turning towards um, the fear, right? Um, And this idea that the reason most people don't live in a state of surrender is because they haven't yet cultivated the safety because surrender would put our nervous system in overdrive if we have not, if we, it would be like replacing something. So if we want to, so you're at that point in your life where you're like, I am ready to embrace my creative self. I want to live more wholeheartedly, right? We all arrive at this place. Like I want to do this thing and we try and it's not working because the perfectionist, the inner critic, all of those are parts of us designed to keep us safe, Mm. safe from shame, shame, safe from social isolation, safe from the pain of feeling other, right? And when we haven't cultivated the inner resilience, we haven't developed that place of inner sanctuary, when we don't love those parts of ourselves, we are not going to share them with the world and allow them to witness them if we ourselves aren't at a state of loving them. So I think the, the piece about surrender and creativity, if we are going to surrender to creativity, we don't just, you don't just surrender would be laying down the armor, but I used to work in drug and alcohol detox and you, it, it's very impossible to give up one addiction without replacing it with something. Mm. And it's actually not loving. Right. So if your perfectionist is there to keep you safe, there will come a point as a child, my perfectionist is, is how I was, was brilliant and resilient part of me that got me through this thing called life. She doesn't serve me anymore. She does not serve my highest calling. In fact, she blocks it. Right. But and she's little, like my inner perfectionist. If we use story and we use creativity, then we get to know these parts of ourselves as yes. characters. And imagine if you could draw them all. Imagine if you could create them through image or through, um, I love the expressive arts and using drama, but internal family systems is this idea that there are all these different parts of us. Um, 
and it, it weaves itself well with drama therapy. But if we see our inner perfectionist and we gave it a character, what would it look like? Then if we saw it come on, we could be like, okay, I'm going to tend to this part. And I do this like really silly thing where when I feel my controller, it's another part of me. She like, she wants to control how everyone sees her. She wants to control my kids. She wants to control my husband. Like she's not, and that's the opposite of love, right? Right. Yes. Um, she's getting in the way of connection, but she's just so scared because when she was little, she did not learn like love that was unconditional. So when I feel the controller or the like hyper-organized or these parts of myself, come on, the perfectionist, the inner critic, when I hear should, I'm like, that's not me. Um, and now I just see them all. Um, and I imagine that we're at some like glorious resort mm. and there's lounge, a line of lounge chairs next to the pool. And I'm just like, you all go sit down, have a drink, just rest. I got this. I'm 40. I have a master's. I'm married. Like, cause all of these parts of us that are afraid that are living in fear really represent little parts of us on like, immature parts. Right. Right. Childhood. Right. So I'm just like, y'all go sit down, take a break. I've got this. You don't get to drive anymore. Right. Right. But you, you're not going to go away either. Like sure. I'm, my inner perfectionist is probably I mean, she's just no longer a dominant character. She's, she's very much just like now an extra. Um, right. but, but like, for example, I just launched a new program. So she's out more now. Anytime we birth a creative baby and share it with the world, these parts of us come back because they're like, ooh, is it safe out there? What right. Don't think? you need my help with this? Yeah. yeah. Like you said that. <gasps> you said that. You sent that out with a typo. You should delete it. And it's like, no, I'm going to leave it because what would it be like for the world to know that I Make mistakes. I, I make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, even though, so that's to me that, that surrender of then that vulnerability of even seeing I, last week, I, I put something out and then it was just like taunting me on Instagram with the extra comma. <laughs> it really was. I was like, Oh my gosh, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, this is a call that my vulnerability, right. needs some more tending. What can I give myself right now that is really going to nourish me so that I can remember that I'm a human who put an extra comma because I'm trying to grow a business and homeschool my kids during a pandemic and it's all good right like right can I give myself the grace and compassion right yeah and you know maybe even switch into like how can this extra comma serve my people like maybe they need to see me make this mistake. You know, yeah. I had, um, there's a woman I follow. She's actually going to be on the podcast and I'm really excited to have her, but she, um, she was asking about, did I tell you this, um, about, uh, she's been having bags under her eyes lately. And she asked her audience, like, because when you have a large audience, everybody loves to give their opinion. And she's like, you guys give me the best opinions. I need to get rid of these bags. And everybody of course was just like, try this, try this, try this, try this, try this. And like what came through for me, which I did not share with her because I felt like it might not have, it just wasn't necessary. But like for me as a consumer of her content, I'm just like, maybe I want to see your bags. Cause I, cause you've shared that you're going through a tough time and maybe it's okay to not cover them up all the time. And, you know, and, and maybe it's okay to just be here right now, instead of just, I don't know. I, I, that's not what I grew up with for sure. I grew up with a lot of like, put that red lipstick on and deal with it. Um, but 
softening to me feels just, Mm. it's like you giving, you doing something that's imperfect gives other people permission to be imperfect. And it's like, we together, we will go further when we're not worried about being so perfect. It holds all of us back. We, and we all know it too. Right. But the challenge is when you are the person. So my husband and I were talking about this last night, we were watching a show and there was a beautiful woman on but she was also, um, so this character, and I said something about her and he's like, well, she's just like such a beautiful woman. And I was like, but what if she didn't have her fillers and her eyebrows on and what if her hair wasn't done and this, would you still think she was beautiful and her eyebrows weren't like tattooed on, you know, you can get them like, Mm -hmm. like, what if, because then now as a woman entering midlife, like I'm 40, I'm like the standard, if I opt out, if I opt out of, um, the treating my bags, if I opt out of chasing perfectionism and youth, which means I miss out on what the wisdom that comes with aging and the freedom and liberation, right? Um, This rite of passage, aging actually, right? So we just had this chat last night about what is that like when you are the one who opts out of the perfect system? When even when I started sharing in three years ago on social media, I made an agreement to myself that I would, um, I would, curate my feed in a way that was real. So I would no longer put the perfect family pictures on solely. I would put um, my heart and soul and poetry and dance and all the things that were moving me. Um, Talk about surrender, right? Surrender to this image. And I called it my year of softening. And it's so funny because I stopped doing my hair more and straightening it. I'm in between two. And I called it, I remember writing a post about the messy middle and Mm -hmm. using my hair as a, um, And what was wild to me is that some women who knew me were reaching out, is everything okay? Because I was breaking the code. I was telling the truth online. And I was like, when I drank two bottles of wine with you at book club, nobody asked if I was okay. But but when I'm just being honest about being a human and the um, challenges, being a human who grew up with... um, within the cultural limitations of like embracing being human, right? Little girls were just taught to bypass having needs and to smile and to be Look artificial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was like breaking that code. So what do we do then when we are trying to live vulnerable lives, when we are trying to live creative lives and we have this idea of um, there's some fear of the social isolation that comes when you opt out, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. And what happened when I opted out is that I found other women in the arena. I was just going to say that. Yeah. But yeah, you don't I know that like to the woman who's like, Oh, can I say that thing? Can I do that thing? Can I opt out? Um, is that now I have women who celebrate what it's like to show up in full self-expression. I have women who celebrate my vulnerability instead of, um, instead of like politely backing away from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, cause that was, but like, it was a comp my whole life. Everyone has always said, you're so real, but it would be like, boys would tell me when I was growing up, Oh, you're so real. They never wanted to date me. Cause being mm-hmm. real is also like, well, that's attractive. Like right. we don't, America doesn't want real. We want what we've always had, which is fake women. Right. Ugh, Not yes. everybody, but so creativity, how do we create things that are real? Um, Cause I mean, there's wildly creative artists out there, but they're not necessarily even creating what fills them. They're creating what other people want. Right. Right. It's a very part, different thing. Yeah. And that, that is my message here is I'm not building this platform I'm building is for, to 
to express your personal creative self. It has nothing, mm. whatever it, whatever it turns into, whatever that beautiful soil that we're making here grows perfect, mm. right? Like whatever that turns into, but for, for right now where we're sitting, if you're sitting with me, all we're doing is cracking open and taking care of ourselves and delighting ourselves. And I feel like I'm kind of at the very beginning of somebody's journey. And I feel like you're kind of there too, like the root, like tending to the roots. And once those roots are nourished and that soil is beautifully, you know, mixed with compost and you're adding, you know, you're not just adding the miracle grow, right? You're actually taking the time to nurture the plant and give it what it needs, that sunshine and that, you know, the warmth and all of that then it's the, it's an inspired life. There's endless opportunity, but Mm. you know, so turning towards creativity to me feels like the magic kind of glue or the bomb, you know, or the grease in the gears that helps everything else move forward because you can take care of your physical self. You can take care of your mental self. Of course, those are important, But once you add in that layer of like tending to your creative self, it's like a shimmer or like a sparkle that happens. And it's really apparent because then you start appreciating, you start collecting moments that delight you. And then yourself, you're like serving yourself. Mm. There's nothing better than a woman that is just like fully standing in her power, knows what, what's, what delights her and and then from that place creates, forget it. Yeah. And, and the, the image of the plant is so resonant again, cause we're talking about, I described you as being wildly creative. I think we're all wildly creative. I think for women who are taught to be tamed and polished and pretty, um, the word wild can seem like, you mm. know, I used to think of wild more like late nights, you know, club hopping that was wild in my twenties, wild in my thirties was like a night away with my husband. And a wild in my forties is just saying the 40 like years worth of words I have swallowed, right? Mm-hmm. That to me is wild is creating a life that, that centers um, me and also in doing so serves others. Like it is because the, the more I tend to the roots of my own being, which, and then create from that place, the more, nur- the more nourished I am, but the more I am capable of of serving from a really right. whole fulfilled place. And, and service is one of my core values. So, so is creativity. So that aligns, but we are taught a culture that we are taught to water our leaves. We are taught to tend to what people can see. Yes. Yes. 100%. So we are, we are taught to tend to our outer lives, but we know that if it's like, if it's, if the soil with which something is planted is diseased, the plant is going to ultimately die slowly often, um, as is the case with our creativity, right? Yeah. It often slowly dies. Um, it doesn't die, but it, it essentially feels like it when it, um, because when we spend so much of our energy and then there's no energy left for the roots and at the root is like creating a life that honors you, creating a life that, um, sustains you creating a life that 
centers your highest calling, right? Creating that, that is the kind of creativity I'm here, creating that in whatever way that looks. Um, knowing that we are just so limited in our conception of what a life of a woman can look like, yes. right? So, you know, our mothers, sadly, there were secretaries and teachers and nurses and there wasn't a whole lot right like my mom's a teacher like she, my she mom was a secretary like, yeah okay boom we got them covered okay <laughs> we just need a nurse and we've got the trio and now we're coming to a place where we're seeing so many women leave the workforce because they the workforce wasn't designed for women the nine to five wasn't designed for women it was designed for belief the belief that somebody was going to be home taking care of everything else right right, right. so we have had to channel our creative power to create lives, which means careers, which means worlds that, um, that are outside anything we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Really like hard, like let's just honor that that it's not, um, and to do that, like you're doing, like I'm doing, um, we need women who are also creating something out of the nothing, like without, yeah. without a um, blueprint, like, cause there's no blueprint for how to do this thing. There's no, and this is where I feel like the creative piece comes where we, the surrender is that I surrender um, to all those beliefs that told me how I was supposed to show up that as a woman constancy, I should choose one thing and do that. And that, you know, you know, think about it. Like you, we praise people in our culture who've been married forever, who've stayed in a job for 40 years. He showed up at work every day, even through cancer. And I'm like, why didn't he stay home? He was dying. (laughs) Like, (laughs) to me, like, I mean, I guess if that's what sourced your joy, but that's not where I'd be. Right. I'm not going to go to work. Right. That, that's, that's not the core of my identity. Like, right. Or we say like she, um, so creating these, these lives that fulfill us, I think for women is permission to weave all of these beautiful threads of who we are, which again, is that we need to remember ourselves, right? We need to remember them um, and to weave this beautiful you know, I think of, I think of a spider, just the medicine of a spider as she just weaves and we as women then weave these gifts. Like I don't just, you get to do hand lettering and you get to do a podcast and you get to do this and you get to do this and you get to do this. And how cool would it be? Cause nobody is going to have that, like that yeah. unique combination. But as soon as I get focused and I should just do this and it's like, well, I want to do journey dance. Well, I want to do writing workshops with women. Well, I want to do embodied movement. Well, I want to do deep remothering and healing of the mother wound. Like, can I do it all? Like, is there space for me to do workshops and, um, and also maybe have a homeschool co-op is like, can I, and because I don't know anyone who's done that exact thing, it's easy for my mind to be like, no, I can't. Right. So the surrender would be surrendering to this idea that, that my creativity and my life is supposed to look a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. When you were talking about, well, during that time you were just speaking, you were talking about like all the different things, you know, multi-passionate things that, that we're into. And I think, you know, we're creating this world as mothers, as, you know, with so many people that depend on us, it's like, we're the center of it we need to put ourselves first. And even saying that out loud, the programming I have is like, you're not supposed to put yourself first. You know, like you, we, we, we label women, like one of the great labels for women is like, oh, she was selfless. And it's like, 
how am I supposed to be the center of this and not be the center of this at the same time? It makes no sense. It may, it feels like you're tending to the leaves and not the roots. And so a couple years ago, I just decided to start pouring into myself and instead of taking a cup and pouring it out and, and taking what's left using the overflow to, to get everybody else's needs met. That's my strategy. And it feels it's new. It's a new programming that I'm doing. And programming is creating neural pathways where there were none. So this is like huge work that we do as women, because we have all of these old programs and that selfless. I mean, we are taught that love is love is sacrifice. And yes, as mothers, we sacrifice, have I sacrificed sleep? Yeah. Do I sacrifice what I want to watch on TV? Yeah. Do I sacrifice like what I want to eat sometimes? Yeah. I mean, those are all manageable, not always, but do I have to sacrifice myself, my sense of self and my identity? Like over and over and over and over. Like, Um, yeah. And that, that is this measure of love. And you're right. Like when we, um, Gabriel Mate did a, uh, was, did a speech once and he talks a lot about, um, early childhood wounding. And he said, if you read obituaries of people, you can really get a sense for how they lived. But when she was so selfless, she always had a smile on her face. She never had an argument with anyone. And I'm like, was she alive? Right. But we praise these things and they become, oh, okay, I shouldn't, if I argue, if I have a differing opinion, if I stand in integrity with my values and voice that out loud, I am, right, I am unworthy. Or if I meet my needs as a mother, I'm, I'm not a good mom. Instead of, and I stopped saying, putting myself first, because I realized so many women were like, that wasn't a realistic goal. It was like, can you mother yourself alongside your child? Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Right. It what feels easier it? to, to, to accept. And, and it would also mean that we don't always mothering ourselves and tending to, and I say mothering versus self-care because self-care is one way that we mother ourselves, but there's self-care has been so commodified and like commercialized and mm-hmm. sold to us as women. And like self-care to me is not a stroll through target. It's just, that's, that's not my self-care. I did it when my kids were little because I didn't know what else to do with my time. Mm-hmm. But self-care is not getting all the things that my house needs, right? Like that's right. not self-care. That's meeting the needs of my family. So, um, and then calling it self-care just feels gross. Like no, um, yes. taking a shower with the door closed is not self-care. That's the basic human rights, like privacy. Yeah. Right. right. Um, so we have this idea so self-mothering is the way in which we relate to ourselves. Self-mothering is the way in which we turn towards our needs and emotions and we welcome everything. Because if we had had a childhood where all parts of us had been welcomed, the parts of us having the like significant tantrum on the ground, throwing ourselves and writhing in pain, if our mother or father or some caregiver had sat with us in that and let us fully complete that emotion, we wouldn't be holding on to it some 40 years later. Right? Mm. Um, if somebody had said, baby girl, um, before that lesson, when we were scared, it's like, just do it. Like, fine. It's no big deal. You're going to be fine. And just kind of push them. But if somebody said to us, like, I know you're scared and just named the thing. Yeah. Right? right. We tend to the fear. We don't, when people talk to me about their kids being fearless or they're striving to be fearless, I'm like, fearlessness would kill you. If a bear came at you, you need fear to survive. Like I need my fear. If I'm in a parking garage and I'm at risk, I need that fear. I don't need my fear 
when there's no bear around. I don't need my fear when I'm not at risk. But um, so fearlessness to me is just one of those things that like sets me off like bumper stickers, but yes, yes, yes. (laughs) but it, um, but it's how we mother, how we meet our fear and we don't minimize it, but we are a culture who minimizes our fear. We minimize our needs. Do I really need that? Especially as mothers, do I really need that thing? No, I'll be fine. Am I really that hungry? No, I can skip it. Do I really need, do I really need? And so we just minimize over time. So if we're talking about um, welcoming everything back, right? Then we would be so full of ourselves. We would no longer be selfless. We would be so full. We're so full of emotion. And we would know that emotion is just energy and motion. And you can't have a creative life if you don't, if you're blocking the pain, you're blocking the joy. There's no, there's no, Right. So we would know that and not just know in our heads, it would be like the embodied knowing because we right. all know this stuff. We all know it. We read it. We watched the TED talks. We read the po- like we watched the podcast. We do it all. Probably read a million books. Right. But the knowing that is practiced, that is embodied, um, that kind of knowing that we'd be so full of our own values that we am so full of the courage to create lives that that match them. Mm-hmm. Knowing that and not the values that we think we should have. Like, you know, people will be like, if I say to them, what's your, tell me about your values. She's like, well, I value family. And I'm like, I feel like that's just an automatic response. Like, yeah. What does that mean? Well, family is yeah. not one of my core values, but um, connection is, right? Um, creativity is, and I created a family and I connect deeply with them. Um, truth is, and we tell the truth in our house, um, except my daughter said yesterday, oh my gosh. Could I, this okay so this is this is the mother wound healing this is the healing so my daughter is seven and she I don't know I don't actually remember what the precipitating event was but something happened and she said I ruin everything <laughs> I was like oh or I wreck everything and I was like oh my gosh no and we were in the hot tub so I pulled her on my lap so she's in my lap on the hot tub and I'm holding her and I was like you make everything better your questions make me see the world totally different. Your voice adds so much joy. Like your humor, like can lighten anything. Like your feeling everything reminds everybody else that it's okay to feel like, and I just like went through like whatever. And she, she was just there and she was like, I don't know if that's true. And I was like, okay, if you don't know, I'm like, but you know, mommy doesn't lie. And she's like, yes, you do. And I was like, oh, she's like, you said Santa was real. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, that's why recently I told you he wasn't because I realized that I wasn't going to lie to you. <laughs> it's so funny, but that's this idea. If we knew that, like, right, that our needs, that having our needs meant that other people would meet their needs, then our needs make everything better. Having needs makes, right, having strong emotions, having a sense of humor, being a weirdo is awesome because it gives other weirdos, like, lets them know where to find you, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. We've been so- hiding. Yeah, absolutely. Like sharing your light, sharing like a flame doesn't create less flame for you. It just creates more light. I love that. I do feel like um, because this kind of like conscious parenting, conscious just being this remothering because I didn't have that as a role model, but now I am a role model to my children Sometimes when they echo it back to me, first of all, I'm always proud that we've given our children these, the words, you know, sometimes I'm just Mm -hmm. like floored that 
the, the word, like the, these feelings come out of these kids and they have words to put on. And my husband and I are always like, listen, it might be challenging and it might be so hard to stay calm in that moment, but we are giving our kids the words to move through. And like, that's so much more than we got, you know, but then uh, there's other times where it's just like a sucker punch, right? Because it's hard to hear what they have to say sometimes, you know, like mm-hmm. so, some, yeah, I know you can speak to that too. Um, and it was, and when she said that, and I pulled her on my lap, I was healing her and I was healing me, right? Mm-hmm. Like for all the times that nobody turned towards me and said, you know, you're, um, because I think, and I think we all have a story about our creativity or like a hundred stories, but there's like a universal thread, right? So if we're going to surrender, if we're going to surrender and live a creative life, we got to get really clear on what that story is. Um, what is the story of my creativity? Huh? And my story is nobody invested in it. Right? Mm. Nobody saw it. So it was, it was not worthy. Right. Like it wasn't watered. Core, yeah. It wasn't worthy um, because if it, if the part of me that was always putting on shows and singing and dancing, um, always choreographing, like selling tickets, putting on a whole, like not from start to finish, I would execute the show. Like I would, um, to to picking the music. If somebody had had saw all the different um, skills that I was was expressing and was delighting in, um, then, they would have my child, they would have invested. So they would have got me in drama or this or that, which I would have been terrified of because I also simultaneously was afraid to be seen because, you know, yeah. but they would have mothered me through it or fathered me through it. And then that, that voice of that cheerleader that we need all the time, like, I know you're scared. I'm not going to leave your side. Like, you've got this. I'm going to be right here. And after we're going to go get ice cream, we're going to celebrate because we can do hard things. We can do hard things. Yeah. And when we didn't have that and we're doing that then for our kids, of course, it's going to um, exhaust us. But those, I feel like when we, we talk about this, like um, this act of surrender, even in our parenting, there's like a, there's these core stories, right? That those programs, it's not just that we receive the program from the unit, from the world, from our mm-hmm. culture, from patriarchy, from that we are less worthy. It's how those stories live and show up and live and actually breathe in our lives. And so if that core story of mine is they didn't invest in it, well, it makes sense that I didn't invest in myself dancing, right? Okay. I didn't invest in taking dance classes, even though I love to dance. I became a cheerleader in high school because it was, there's a dance component. And right. It was I, safe. I, yeah. yeah. And it was just like accessible and only, only because a friend said, try out with me because I would not have done it on my own. It's the sole <laughs> reason. Um, because she, right, this is how we have many mothers in the world encouraging us to live more fully. Um, but it wasn't until I was like 37 that I was like, I love to dance and I don't dance. I've gotten both of my daughters involved in dance classes. They don't want them. <laughs> that was never about them. Right. We as mothers, when we have unfulfilled dreams, when we have unexpressed creativity, we project that crap onto our kids. Yeah. And you don't know how many kids are living with that burden of follow, like pursuing their parents' dream. How many just think about the crate, like the parents on the sidelines screaming, right? Or the like pushing them into piano way or this or that when it's not the child's desire. Right. But it's the parents' unfinished creative. So, how do we free ourselves of, of being responsible to complete our creative dreams? We just do them. And so yes. I took like an, I took an adult 
contemporary class, I was like scared the whole time. I was literally, I was, I got in the parking lot. I was going to leave. There were like kids, like, you know, it's like kids dance classes too, but an adult class. And I was like, I can either skip it or I can skip into it. So I literally 38 years old woman just skipped into the building. And I'm like, I'm just going to bring, cause it's hard to be scared when you're skipping. I just, I agree. I can be unhappy while skipping. It's weird. It's like the only time you can just not be like fully interruption. Um, so I just started dancing and it was like, okay, that is the moment I became a mother to my dreams. That is the moment I stepped into my creative self. That is the moment that then I decided I would build a career where I would get paid to lead women in dance and I would get to wear a headset and I would get to do all the things. And so I went and did the journey dance training. And not only is it dance, it's like full expression and feeling your feelings on the dance floor. It's like, it's the women's studies. It's the psychology. It's the expressive and creative arts. It's every single thread weaved together in one. And like, it's just, again, another example of um, when we surrender this notion that our lives are supposed to look a certain way, we leave room for what, what they're actually meant to be. Right. Right. Oh, so beautiful. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for your time. It, I, when you invited me onto your um, Instagram live, I was it was my first real kind of stepping out with my positions that I have, you know, over the last few months, I've really kind of tried to put words around the things I've been feeling. And actually this morning I was looking up just, I wanted to like learn more about what other people are saying about creativity, because all of these, you know, concepts that I'm working on are just born out of what I've been walking through. And, um, it really made me proud to, when you invited me on to be in my power, it just reminded me how it felt like a catalyst. So I, I just wanted to say thank you off the record. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And so I'm glad I could return um, this favor. It just felt awesome to be like, I'll be on your thing. you be on my thing and let's make some magic. So thank you for that. It feels really resonant for me as part of my energy to amplify the voices of women I admire. That feels like living in highest alignment with what I believe. Mm, You're very good at it too. um, That actually, when I think about how, if I, if I let go of this one thing, would it create more room? I almost feel like I should be working with coaches because women will pay for business coaching because it's for work, leadership coaching. So if I worked, if I, if I switched and just called this thing leadership, which it is like we're leading in our homes with our children, they are leaders. It's the most important leadership role that nobody invests in. So funny. I know. Oh, you're so right. I mean, sometimes it's best. I'm sure you've done this thought process, but like meeting people, meeting your people, like where they actually can say yes to, even though you, you like, you know, they need to do the mother work, but you know, getting them in the door and then like, and then doing the deep work. I don't know. I just keep, just keep surrendering and keep doing your thing because your, your message is so needed in this world. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing all the patterns and color to, to my day. (laughs) I'm doing a mural back here. I'm delighted. So thank you. Thank you. Me too. Me too. (laughs) I'm going to go to the woods to hike right now. Oh, good. Excellent. Uh, I'm happy to hear that. All right. Wow. Okay. Okay. Do you see what I mean? 
that intro I gave her did her justice and not justice at the same time. She is a force. She is a grounding storyteller. She weaves in this beautiful truth about what we have gone through, about what we see as normal, and she challenges that over and over again with her remothering uh, storytelling and self-care practice. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a review. It would mean so much to me if you left a review. And DM me a photo of it. Take a screenshot, send it to me. Let me know that you did it and I will send you a free printable. It's one of my favorite. I'm starting to put my work out there in ways that you guys can can actually access it further than just scrolling past it on Instagram. So I'm really excited. I have this one print that you can print up and it says shine. And it is from a moment that I was at a train station riding bikes with my, I guess, five-year-old at the time. And I found these glasses and they were like super perfect circle retro glasses. And they were super scratched up, tossed aside. And I just had, as soon as I looked at them, I saw this lettering piece, just like it dropped in. And I took it home and I created the piece in like within 24 hours. And now I want to share it with you. I think it's really fun. And there's going to be a really fun component of it because part of this community, you know, I want to encourage you to engage your creative self and I want to give you ways to do that that delight me and hopefully delight you because if you're here I'm assuming you're into my work and if you're into my work then I'm assuming you want to collaborate right like let's create together so in the free printable will be the option to print it with a black background which I know most printers don't love solid black and that's the point here because I'm sure you can scrounge up a paintbrush, a q-tip, something to dip a little water in and move the ink around. Maybe throw some salt down. Make the, the background look interesting and wavy and whatever you feel. Maybe you print out the one that is the inverse and first you print out the template and you paint or you create or you color or you design the background first and then put it through the printer again and print the lettering on top of it. And then that is like the true collaboration. Either way, I'm excited about it. Can you tell? I really hope that everyone enjoys this little project and I can dream up a hundred more. There's so much more coming, you guys. So stay tuned. Take a screenshot of this if this served you. Go say hi to Shaylin. Drop into my DMs. Let's have a conversation. I love connecting. I love connecting. I love learning about where people are, what they're stuck in. And some of my friends call me a dot connector because I'm really good at identifying something that's sticking and shining light on it. So anyways, follow me over at Coco the Inspirationist on Instagram. And oh, one more thing. Felix has something to say. Hey guys, I'm Felix. And I'm five years old. Can I ask you a favor? My mom is making a podcast. 
Do you think you can review it for her? That would be a big help. So thanks, you guys. Have a great day. Have a great day. Have a great day. Have a great day. And maybe find some frogs.